Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at rollwithadventure.com. And now let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Roll with Adventure. This session's campaign is of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. And today our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode begins midday on Seclum, the ninth of Leonay, in the year 1083 PR, a few days after our party left the town of Barrowman's behind, where they were hailed as heroes after a recent victory. Now, our party approaches the small community of Thistledown, which they should reach by nightfall. Before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? Uh, I have fully transitioned to the world of musical theater summer camps, which is fun and I love very, very dearly and always have a wonderful time with, but uh, because of COVID restrictions, I haven't been able to hire any other teachers, which means that I am doing everything by myself. Which is also fun, and I enjoy, but it makes for a very, very long day. Uh, and I have, so I've been singing and dancing and acting for the la- for like seven hours. And then I came home and lay on the floor for a bit. So I'm going to take a minus one. I've been sleeping a lot lately. I'm not normally a napping person. I'm normally an anti-napping person. But lately, I'll be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to lay here and close my eyes. And And I just fall asleep. So I'm going to take a minus two because I am sleeping a lot. And if I had to roll for real initiative, I would just sleep through it. Oh, I'm the only one left. Um, I'm going to take a plus one because uh, I've been going to the fitness room again. And I figured out a... Um, problem with our sink today uh, by recognizing that I could probably use a plunger. So I'm going to take a, a bonus. Let's see what you all roll. <laughs> oh, wow. One. Ooh, a modified four. Good thing I didn't roll lower than a three. I got a ten. Hello, I'm Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. My fun fact about Faileth today is that she is very fond of, well, here we go, catching me in my lie about not having come up with a fun fact today. And I thought I could make something up off the top of my my head, and I can't. So give me half a second to look around my living room and have inspiration strike. Starting again. Hello, I'm Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who is raised by and can speak to ghosts. My fun fact about Faileth today is that once 
Uh, she found the most absolute beautiful flower she'd ever seen in her life. It was some sort of weird rose hybrid that had three different colors of red in the petals and a golden center, and it smelled beautiful. Uh, and so she picked it and carried it with her, and it was her good luck charm. And she thought it would be this beautiful, perfect thing forever. And then one day she woke up, and it was dry, and the petals fell off. And that is the first time she realized that death wasn't a thing that just happened to people who came back as ghosts. It was also just a state of being that everything eventually went through. And that if you pick a flower, it will die. I'm Brian. I'm at Mind Over Brian on both Twitter and on Twitch. Although on Twitch, I spell it with a zero. And I'm playing Melian Barebone, the changeling barbarian who most often looks like a uh, half-elven, red-haired, bearded man with a scar curving from his upper lip to nick his right ear. I don't have a fun fact. Um, I do have a common fact, which is that Melian is competent with most weapons. Um, but he once got into a bar fight and he tried to use a chair as a weapon and it went very poorly. Um, so he is uh, against using common items as weapons. He'll have weapons. That's why he carries so many. So he's never stuck in a situation where he has to use an improvised weapon. I want to hear more about this chair accident incident. But perhaps that is a story for another day. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm playing Quarry Anaclathy Bostukbase, a Goliath Paladin. An interesting fact about Quarry is they actually like these little journeys between places. Some people find them boring, but for Quarry, they're always very goal-oriented and they feel obliged to be that way because they have dedicated their lives to serving soul. So at all opportunities, they must serve soul. But when they're out on the road, there's not a ton to do. And it's when they actually get a little bit of downtime. And it reminds them a little bit of being out at home and walking through the wilderness and gathering various herbs and plants and things like that. So yeah, they like a good, good travel between spots. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. The road that connects Barrowman's to Dwemer Hollow is an old road. One that has been called many things, but only one name has truly stuck for this long and winding caravan route that begins in the Republic of Talren far to the south, cutting up through the inhospitable badlands and winding amongst the cities of the Alliance, before crossing the border into Westmark and connecting Dwemer Hollow through the Whispering Pass to the capital at Ogdenfell and to the coastal city of Lorweir before sharply snaking down through the elven forests of Ulceran to where it ends its terminus 
in the fashionable kingdom of Eltharad. And that name for this road of many stories is the Serpentine Road. A caravan route where many have made their fortune, and many have lost their lives. But while this route spans the entirety of the continent, linking major city and small town with village and hamlet alike, it does not do so necessarily on only direct roads. At points instead, it becomes trails and footpaths. But luckily for you, the road that stretches ahead is one of its more traveled parts, and that at one point in time was paved in stone. Here and there, sections of this paving, large flat stones, placed in an ancient style, still show through the dirt and mud. This section of the road cuts through the southern spur of the Darkling Forest, divided from the greater dangers that you know lie within its heart by the Darkling River. You have been on the road from Barrowman's to Dwemer Hollow for a total of almost five days at this time. Five uneventful and boring days. Five days in which your small band has fallen into the roles of a dysfunctional family road trip. Kuwari taking on both parental figures merged into one. Melian becoming the rambunctious teenager hoping for a brawl and some action, who though at times is quite responsible, especially concerning food. Faileth, the young child, bored out of her mind, who without a doubt has caused trouble many times. Old Man Marsh, the possibly senile grandparent who likes to talk about back in my day, though it seems back in my day can be clearly defined as simply before the bandits kidnapped him. And Trent, the cousin who you are unsure why their parents dropped them off to be taken on your family road trip. That one who is slightly awkward and doesn't really seem to mesh with the family well. Half the time they're left to their own devices, while the rest of the time they're passed awkwardly between family members because no one knows quite what to do with them. But the trip has been rather pleasant for early Lyonnais. While in Behrman's, the weather had shown snow was coming, as befits late autumn. The forest here seems as if in an early spring. The air is sweet and pure, and a small scent of lavender and honey often wafts in the breeze, perhaps signs that the maidens still watch over you and smile on this journey home. While this time has passed, no real subject has been spoken of with substance. For a cloud hangs over your heads, metaphorically. The cloud of leaving Jovan behind. Perhaps it is one of doubt. Of fear. Of concern. Perhaps it is simply the lack of his familiar presence. It has certainly affected each of you in some way. And you do hope to see him recover soon and rejoin you. It is, as stated earlier, midday, and by sundown you should reach the halfway point in your journey, the small town of Thistledown. 
the wagon creaks, the trees rustle. The day is unimaginably boring. Quarry is probably passing the time talking to Trent, being like, oh, that plant there, do you recognize that one? Or, oh, you, this, I know what this one is. Do you, do you know what that one is, Quarry? <laughs> is it a green one again? Ah. <laughs> oh, poor Faileth. You know, on my trips that I used to take, we'd always be bringing alcohol. Made the time pass much quicker. Ooh, that sounds good. I'll do that. Who's got booze? I do not. I've never had any before. Is it fun? To a certain extent. To a certain extent? Of course it's fun. I run my entire business based off alcohol. Excellent. So if we ever get where we're going, ever, ever, I'm going to try some of your alcohol. And it's going to be brilliant. Ugh, why couldn't we just teleport here? Are we there yet? Not yet, Trent. Not yet. I spy with my little eye something that's blue. Is it Melian's eyes? No. The sky? Yes. I spy with my little eye something that's green. The green thing, Faileth. Is it the plant that I pointed out? Yes. Yes, it is. Quarry, yes. I wish to speak with you again. Y yes. Perhaps we could have that contest of arms now. <laughs> um. I don't. You want to stop? No! Oh, yes, I'll stop. And then I can walk on my feet like a human instead of riding in this bouncy, jouncy thing and. Throwing up all the time. Well, Faileth, we could slow down and you could walk a spell if you'd like. I don't want to ride anymore, but I also want to be there. Hmm, as do I. I don't like this riding thing. But by tonight, hopefully, if we make good enough time, we'll be uh, somewhere where we can sleep in a bed and get something to eat in a tavern. And perhaps a wrestling match. Uh, possibly, possibly. Don't see why not. If we make it in good time. I don't care about beds and food and stuff. I've sl slept on the ground and eat the worms my whole life. I just don't like riding in this thing. I don't feel good and I'm bored and there's nothing to look at but plants. Well, Missy, what do you think about bedding on... <gasps> Which one of them is going to win? Well, I personally think that they both are quite strong. Melian will win. Are you sure? Yes. She, she's quite tall. Melian will win. Why do you have that faith in him? Because if he's losing, I'll throw myself between them and get hurt, and then he'll win. Well, if you didn't throw yourself between them... Would you still bet on? Malian? Why wouldn't I throw myself between them? What if I want him to win? Because that wouldn't be... Uh, how do I put this? Be cheating? Fair. It, yes, it would be. It's a fight. It's not supposed to be fair. And I want well, to win. I think in a contest, Faileth, it should be fair. But then I might lose. And I don't want to lose. 
sort of do whatever I have to do to win. Isn't that what contests are? Besides which, it shan't be necessary. Yeah, Melian will still win. Quite possibly. Your conversations continue for a time, with boring yet playful banter going back and forth. As the hours pass, and it's perhaps after two, maybe three candle marks, that you come to a bend in the road, and it appears that a tree has fallen across the road. It is blocking the path that your cart will need to take. Oh no, we'll have to abandon the cart! Oh, shucks! Well, we'll have to stop and move that tree. Abandon the cart! Oh no! Oh, Faileth, I think you should stay here. Uh, Melian, would you help me move the tree? Indeed. Just abandon the cart. Wouldn't that be the best? Not if you want to get to Dwemer Hollow anytime soon. If we abandon the cart, you will be forced to ride a horse. No, I don't. Fine. I don't know why you can't just walk. People. Uh, Cass. Yes. Does it look like this tree naturally fell across the road? Would you like to investigate that? I would like to... Hmm. Would you like to use perception to look from a distance? Or would you like to use investigation up close to... Uh, Melian will investigate for sure, because he does not trust a tree across the road, yeah. ever. I will perception. I uh, I rolled a, a modified 19, which is a natural 20, but I have a minus one in investigation. <laughs> that is wonderful (laughs) sorry that is a six all that for so little Uh, so from a distance we'll start with yours from a distance before we get to Melian's fantastic role (laughs) the tree has it looks like it has wherever it's been like felled be it by something natural be it by being uprooted or being chopped down that's a bit too far out of your sight, out of your sight line as you're approaching it. But as you and Melian get closer, Melian goes to look at it, and it looks like the tree was struck by lightning. Hmm. And partially burned and then snapped. Hmm. And has fallen across the road. Does it look um, like we could drag it out of the way? Or is it, like, huge? The tree is... Significant in size, but it, you probably could drag it out of the way, especially with the help of horses and your rope. Hmm. It will just take some time. Well, best get started if we do want to make the town before it gets too dark. While that's going on, Faileth, what are you doing? Faileth has fully taken advantage of stopping to jump out of the cart, and she's just running around and, like, rolling in grass... And touching trees. And, like, if she had shoes at any point, they are gone. She's just like a little wild hellion, fully enjoying back, being back on the ground where she belongs. Okay. Give me a perception check. I rolled a nine. I will now go to my other app slash character sheet to find out what I have to modify that with. Did something happen to Sasha's laptop? She left it at the, at the uh, playhouse. It did not come home with me. Understandable. Thankful that your phone is so. It was a, yes, it was a uh, 
a mistake. I meant to bring it. Uh, I have a plus two to perception, so that's a uh, 11. Nice. Okay. While you're running around and playing, after a little bit of time as you're rolling around on the ground and you are looking up, you for a brief moment almost think that you see, as some leaves are blown by the wind, them almost briefly form into a face before they break apart. Huh. Hello? Wind ghost? Are you oh, just well. laying there, or are you gonna... What are you doing as as you're asking for that? Um, she has covered herself in some leaves, so she'll pop up and look around, see if she does actually see anything or not. So as you pop up and you look around, you see, slightly off to one side, near the edge of the forest, a pile of leaves sort of almost strangely swirl upwards briefly and then go back, then fall back down. Oh. Are ye a wind spirit? Uh, she walks over to where she saw it and kind of uh, throws the pile of leaves in the air that she saw kind of uh, move around. As you do that and you throw them up into the air, you see another pile, this a little bit past the tree line, poof up. Oh, uh, she realizes, or at least assumes, that we are now playing a game. Uh, so she runs over and throws that pile of leaves. A one a little bit farther into the forest poofs up. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, she runs to far, a little farther into the forest to throw that pile of leaves. Please tell me the senile grandfather or the hapless cousin are watching. We'll find out, maybe. I rolled an 18 on my perception check to see if I noticed Faileth leaving <laughs> while I'm unhitching a horse from the cart she should be in. Faileth definitely is not in the cart, and as you have glanced around, you did see her, like, bolt into the woods. Ugh. Since you're unhitching a horse from the cart, you can see that Marsh has already fallen asleep, and Trent has gotten out and is on the other side of the cart, just slightly in the woods. It looks like he's picking some herbs or something that's growing Boy. there. Boy! Huh? Come it, here. Yes? Take this horse to quarry. I must track Faileth through the woods. Okay. Trent will take a hold of the horse and bring it over to quarry. When he comes over, he'll tell you, quarry, that Melian, uh, F Melian is going off tracking Faileth into the woods. Hmm. Should have expected that, I suppose. All right. Well, yeah, you should have. Help me out here. We'll uh, hitch the horses up and then... Yeah, I'll need your help. He looks interested. And as you're hitching up the horses to this tree, he starts talking about the various characteristics of the tree and the type of tree and the uses of its wood. And a couple of, like plants that generally grow around the trees and their roots. Cool. Faileth, this pulsing of the leaves in front of you as you play this game continues for a bit un until you're deep enough into the forest that it probably if you tried to go back you would likely be lost. But as it comes to an end, you see quite a mound of leaves in front of you. Like someone has taken a whole bunch of tree leaves and pulled them into a pile. Yes! 
uh, Faileth gets a running... Actually, is there a tree nearby with a low-hanging branch? Yeah, let's say there is. Uh, Faileth is going to immediately shinny up the tree and launch herself off the low-hanging branch to crash into the pile of leaves. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. (laughs) Yes, here we go. Uh, You didn't hear it because you can't hear what I do when I'm out of the app, but I got a natural one. Oh. Faileth, as you jump onto this pile of leaves, there's a moment of euphoria before they crash out from underneath you, falling into a hollow space or pit beneath them. You have fallen down. Well, I should have seen that coming, probably. Thanks for nothing, wind spirit. As you look around, you see that you are in what maybe was the opening or entrance to a pit or cave. It looks like it goes a little bit of a distance, and around you, you can see the roots of the trees. They've snaked down, and they're holding rocks in place, as if this place has been pushed out and dug out. It looks like it's been dug out naturally, likely by claw or tusk or hoof, by some manner of creature. Hooves can dig? Cool. But... As you're looking around and your eyes adjust and they adjust to the bit of the gloom and the dark, you notice that it is covered with grass. Huh. There are small little flowers blooming down here. Oh, pretty. You can hear what almost sounds like a very low, steady, quiet, but loud breathing. Like someone or something sleeping. Oh. Well, I found someone's hideout, that's for sure. Hello? Your voice echoes out. Mm. Melian, as you're closing in, you had kept your distance uh, enough so that you knew where Faileth was always, but not to ruin her fun. You saw her jump and vanish, and now you've heard from that hole that has opened her say, hello. Faileth, are you trapped down there? Yes, and I think there's somebody sleeping down here. Are you sure they are sleeping and not injured from falling in a pit? Oh, maybe. That's nice down here, though. There's grass and flowers and things. I haven't found who's sleeping, though. Do you want me to go look? Grass and flowers, you say? Uh-huh. It's pretty weird for a pit. Cass, how much does Melian know about the Fae? You've definitely heard stories. You've heard stories of realms they have, of different places. Most of it is fairy tale, myth. It's not distinct, uh, but you also have heard the most of the stories paint the Fae not in the best light. Yeah. And they are intrinsically linked to the elves in some way, shape, or form in most stories. Hmm. Uh, no, I do not want you to go and find them. In fact, I'm going to throw a rope down to you and I want you to quietly and carefully climb out of this hole. But the wind spirit brought me here. Don't you think I should find out at once? Are you not afraid that it might be a queen of the Fae who will steal your soul? And queen of the what? That will steal me? my what? 
Have you not heard the stories of the Fae? No. Ah, well, you see, the Fae are a group of people who live in a whole other realm. They take great delight in tricking mortals into signing away their mortality and commit them, committing, having them commit themselves to eternal servitude. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. I hate doing work. I guess I'll come up then, but you should look down here, Mally, and it's really cool. I will simply believe you. Here's the rope. I uh, look around the beautiful hole, sadly, and then climb out. As you look around the beautiful hole, you do notice one side of it that appears to be covered in moss and fern and flower that appears to be rising and falling. Melian, I think it's the plants that are breathing. Well, let us try then not to disturb the plants. Should I roll a wisdom check to see if I can help myself? <laughs> it's entirely up to you. She does want to obey Melian, but she's also so curious, so let's see what the dice say. I got a ten. That's so not helpful. Is Faileth frozen with indecision? Yep. But I will add, uh, but the but the breathing pile, Melian. Faileth. Please climb the rope. As the... As Melian says that through gritted teeth, you see the pile almost seems to shift a bit. And as it begins to roll over, you see what almost looks like a giant pig, but composed of ferns and moss and grass that is quietly sleeping but you see as it sort of rolls over that a there's a there's a mewling sound and you see a small little piglet made of moss and grass and ferns with a few little flowers sort of trots around to one's to the other side now moving to this side and snuggles down next to this big thing. Melian, it's a plant piglet and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life and it's snuggling its mother! Eternal servitude. Plant piglet look is so cute! Can you give me a perception check? Which one of us? Both of you. A 10. I got a 17. So you notice, and Melian, as you're standing up there, you also notice this. But Melian, what you notice first is that there is actually, still in a bit of the pile of the leaves on the other side, it looks like there's actually a rope that's dangling down. And Faileth, you see that there's a rope attached around this pig's leg, as if perhaps she's fallen into a trap. Oh, poor baby. Uh, That settles it. I cannot leave this baby piglet tied up. I'm going to go and free it from this rope. It looks like the mother is tied up, not the baby. Oh, I mean, that no means no other way. It shouldn't be tied up. Poor sweet plant pig. Uh, I'm going to go untie it. 
I'll be right back, Melian. I just have to save the mother. There's a rope. No. One sec. And I go and I uh, try to untie the rope from the plant pig. Give me a sleight of hand check. And are you doing this, like, stealthily? Or are you, like, are you worried about waking her up at all? Or are you going to, like, try and, like, climb on her to get up to her leg? Uh, she's basically have to almost climb up her to get onto her leg? She's basically, like, on her back right now. I mean, because Melian is so worried, she won't just immediately launch herself onto this pig to untie its leg. She will try to do it without climbing up, but I don't know if that she'll be successful. Well, give me a sleight of hand check, and we'll see if you are successful first. Nineteen. Nice. Okay, so there's a there's a root that you can reach up to, and you grab, and you sort of suspend yourself, looping an arm around, and then you slowly are trying to untie it. And as you untie it completely, you notice that the breathing has changed, and its eyes are open, and it's staring at you. Hello, mummy plant pig. I'm just taking this rope off ya. And I show her the bit of rope that I've untied. What languages do you speak? Oh, that's a good question. I have Elvish, Primordial, and Sylvan. You hear in Sylvan, in your mind, Thank you. You have shown me kindness. You're welcome. With this, I give you a gift. And you see her... Almost as if the seasons suddenly begin to change, her form shifts and vanishes. And left behind is the small little baby pig. Hello, little one. And you almost hear her voice echo briefly in Sylvan. A fern boar is quite a gift. And then it is gone. My goodness, I get to keep the little pig! Um, with the utmost tenderness, uh, Faelith kneels down next to the little fern boar and, uh, holds her arms out for it. The little fern boar sort of snuffles over towards you, sniffing, sniffing, sniffing. Uh, and you realize that there's sort of like this, like, haze of pollen that it's sniffing that's settled around you and is settling onto your clothes, and as it sort of mixes with your breath the fern boar sort of breathes it in and then just nuzzles uh, like sort of moves a bit around your leg bumping into you nuzzling you a little bit <gasps> hello I love you with every fiber of my being uh, and I gather him up into my arms and then I go and uh go to the edge where the Melian's rope is and go, Melian, you won't believe it! Mm. Melian, to you, what it looked like happened was the pig sort of burst out this massive bloom of pollen into the air and then sort of shifted and changed and within a moment was gone. You could have sworn it almost looked like a person but then it was gone. You were sprayed with pollen from a plant. No, Mummy Fern Pig told me that because it showed her kindness. I get to keep her baby. Isn't it the cutest thing you've ever seen in your entire life? 
Faileth, I still can't see you. Could you please grab the rope? Oh, yeah, of course. You can bring us both up. Um, I wrap the rope around my waist while holding tight to my little baby. And then I pull them up. Yeah, once you pull Faileth up, you see that in her arms is what looks like a piglet. That has two tiny little tusks coming in. That is entirely green with... That looks like it's almost made composed of moss and its ears are curling ferns. And there's little bits of grass and a couple wildflowers scattered across it. Look at this sweet angel baby. What does it eat? I don't know, we'll figure it out. You must commit to walking it. I will not be taking it out to do its business. No, it's my baby, it's not yours. You don't have to clean up after it, Melian. No, but I do clean up after you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, though. You just have some weird thing about me not leaving things dirty. Because people can track you more easily you leave them a trail of dirty dishes. Yeah, you're the one in, who insists we even use dishes. I'm fine eating off the floor. Do you want to get ants? Because that is how you get ants in your bag. <laughs> Once again, you're the one who insists we have the sleeping bags. But I get your point. I'm not being flippant. But look at his sweet little piggy baby face. Yes, he is very cute. I bet he, he's a... I, I'm sure he's a vegetarian. Look at him. Or a bugatarian, maybe. But pr- I bet he eats, like, the freshest morning dew and, like, secretes only the purest waters. Hmm. Perhaps. What am I going to name him? The pig looks up at you with beautiful eyes. Just eyes that are just, like, adorable. Think of, like... A puppy dog. Or a little kitten. Oh, you are perfection. I've got to give you the perfect name. I'm going to have to think about it. Ah, I wondered whether you were going to tell us the name. No. In something like this, you cannot rush. I'm going to have to try some out for size and see which one she likes best. Shall we return to the cart? You need not get in it. However, I mean, adult baby wants to walk much, so we probably should still ride in the cart after the the tree gets moved. But yeah, let's go back. I had fun playing with the wind spirit anyway. Excellent. And we head back. As you head back, that's going to be about the same time that Kawari is getting the tree out of the way. Kawari, give me a strength just a pure strength check with advantage. Oh, good. Just strength. Uh, 18. The tree, it's not too bad getting it out of the way. I'm hearing a butt. I wouldn't but. call him a butt. I mean, <laughs> not very nice. But the one thing that does happen while you are doing that is that while you're going about this mm-hmm. as Trent is talking through what generally this tree, like the different uses for this tree, the types of things that it can be used for. He does mention a herb. Mm -hmm. He mentions that at its roots often grows a type of moss 
that. It's called Halfling's Foot. It is a type of moss that it's called Halfling's Foot because it grows in weirdly almost feet-shaped sheaths that pseudo-stack themselves on top of each other, but not perfectly aligned so that it looks like a whole bunch of tiny little feet splayed out at the base of a tree. And he says that it can be very useful for staunching bleeding. Well, uh, as I move this tree, if you think you can gather some, you go ahead, but don't go too far. He goes in, and as you get the tree out of the way and Melian and Faileth come back, you see him come back with a couple bushels of it that he has some of it sticking out of his bag, even. And Faileth and Melian have now returned. Quarry, 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 look, look, quarry, <laughs> What is it, Faileth? Is everything all right? Look at my baby! That is adorable. I know, right? I chased a wind spirit and we played with the leaves for a while and then I jumped off a tree into a pile of leaves and I fell into a hole that had grass and flowers in it and inside was this mummy pig made out of grass and then it had a uh, like a, a rope on its leg, so it climbed, and I took the rope off its leg, and then it spoke in my head, and it said, because I was real good and did a nice thing, I get a gift, and then it said I could keep this. Look at him, or her, or it, or they. Look how beautiful and perfect and cute they are. I have to figure out the perfect name for them, but I have no idea where to start. Should I give them an elven name? Oh, the mummy pig's talking Sylvan, so maybe I should give them a Sylvan name. But maybe they just have a sweet, sweet little name. Oh, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm all overwhelmed. I'm verklempt even. Oh. My. As Faileth, as you're holding the pig up towards Kawari, it burps. And it burps this adorable little sound and this, like, puff of pollen. And, uh, Kawari, can you give me a constitution saving throw? Oh, good. Good, good. Oh, that's, a. Twelve. You, as the pollen sort of like puffs in your face, you sort of feel woozy for a moment, but mm, good, good. no adverse reactions. Carlin, have you ever seen such a thing? Other half that makes me whole. He sort of says, peeking his head out, looking towards the thing. Looks like a baby fern boar. You know what it is. Are, are they dangerous? They're, how to put this? often only encountered in the deepest and most ancients of forests. While they may look soft and lovely, and not as squishy as me, they have a habit of putting things to sleep around them. Hmm. So we should be quite careful then. Faileth, your yeah. adorable friend has a talent for putting people to sleep. We should be... Oh. Careful That'll to be make... handy. If you can prevent it from putting us to sleep, and only have it put to sleep the people that you wish it to, that will be quite handy. What do you think, Baron? You're not gonna put us to sleep, are you, sweet thing? You can it you talk to it? It nuzzles you. It nuzzles into you. I didn't think you. this one can talk yet. I think it's too young. Mm. Its mother talked to me though. I uh, switched to Sylvan. Can you talk to me, sweet baby? Oh, you see its ears sort of, like, prick up and, like, perk up, really? As if it 
recognizes the sound much more and perhaps can understand it, and it just nuzzles into you. I think it only speaks Sylvan. Hmm. Well, I admit I'm a little concerned, but hopefully we'll be fine. How could anything be wrong with this beautiful little face? And I just press my face into its little snoot and we do a little nose rub. It sort of snuffles adorably. And nuzzles you back. My sweet, sweet bear. And it licks you with a tongue that you think might be made of, like, damp moss. Is the tree moved? Yep, the tree is moved. Horses horses have been hitched back up. Excellent. You guys can head out. Alright, everyone, back on the wagon. Sorry, Faileth. That's alright, I don't think Bairn could travel that far anyway. Come along, darling, let's go get cozy. And I start making it a nest out of everyone's bedroll. (laughs) Awesome. Maybe some of its sleepy pollen will linger and we'll have a really good sleep. And with that, you guys are on your way. While everyone else takes a quick mid-episode break, I thought I would give all of you listeners a few updates. Campaign 2 has successfully started recording. After almost a month-long character and group story creation process, we're already seeing it pay off tenfold as our sessions begin. Hopefully, we can begin sharing them all with you. I just need to find time to edit them. Second, in other exciting news, our friends over at Homebrew Dice have launched an amazing Kickstarter for their handcrafted dice sets a few days ago. I personally think that the Moss Hound or the Snufflewomp sets are going to be perfect matches for Fela's newfound friend if she ever needs dice for them. I hope you can take a few moments to check them out and listen. I know I'm excited. This is the Explorer's Collection, brought to you by Homebrew Dice. From ancient tales to treacherous lands, each of these ten dice sets and matching boxes will take you and your party into new worlds of adventure. We need your support to bring this incredible collection to life, which is why it's coming up on Kickstarter on July 29th. With stretch goals available, such as art prints, PDF one-shot campaigns written for each set, and more, you can immerse yourself in worlds created for an escape from reality. What are you waiting for? Go to homebrewdice.co.uk slash kickstarter to be notified on launch, and let's go on an adventure together. Welcome back, everyone. You continue going down the road. A few more hours. Dusk approaches. The time that it took for you to make sure that you had pulled the tree out of the way and quarry, of course, wanting to make sure it wouldn't be something that people could easily pull back onto the road if they were bandits or such, had taken a bit of time, as well as Phalus' escapade. I was going to say, way to blame it on Kawari's, you know, community conscientiousness and safety planning and not Definitely not Faileth fucking off to find a pig in a pit. (laughs) Which, I mean, of all the things that have happened in this episode so far, is obviously the most important one. I mean, definitely, this is the best thing ever. So, it is without a surprise that dusk is fast approaching and you have not reached the town yet. Hmm. 
you could try and push on in the dark, or you could make camp. Uh, fail if you can make light. Is that right? Did I remember that right? Yeah, I can make light, sure. Uh, can you make it in such a way that it would be able to light our way on the road? Um, I can cast it on something. So, like, if you want me to put it, like, I could cast it on the horse's harness or something? Hmm, yes. Uh, Melian, what do you think about pushing on? We should be close. Perhaps. But I think uh, putting a light at the front of the caravan will simply draw attention to us and cause our night vision to be to suffer. Hmm. You make a good point. Well, perhaps we can carry on for a little while longer and, until it is too difficult for us to see. And we can reassess our situation then. But then how will we make camp? Hmm. Cass, do we have a map? Do we have a sense of how far we still have to go? Not... You're not... You're not super... Uh, sure. Hmm. Well, perhaps you're right. It maybe is best for us to make a camp while we still can. On the other hand, old man Marsh in the back, who says he has made this trip before, uh, does say that it's, it shouldn't be too far from here. We should be able to make it. It will likely be a bit dark. Why gives Melian a look that's a little bit like... How senile is he? Do we trust him? <laughs> Melian returns the look, and it says we shouldn't trust him at all. He's probably super senile. <sighs> to be on the safe side, we should make camp for the evening. We'll pass through the town tomorrow. No more cart! No more cart! Uh, Faileth has already jumped down. Your little... Your, your little moss pig has... Slow, has snuffled over to the edge of the cart and is trying to get out to follow you, but can't really. Faileth holds her arms out and says, Alright, Uli, jump, let's go. It sort of tries to jump, but it, it looks scared. Oh, that's alright, sweet boy, come on. Uh, and I scoop him up. He nuzzles into you. I'm going to have to make you a baby, Bjorn. <laughs> you see that as night is beginning to fall, the flowers that have opened on him are starting to like curl up a little bit. You need water. I find a little a little place to get us both settled, and I uh, start pouring my water skin over him. As you're pouring the water skin over him, you see the water just like doesn't run off him. It it looks like it's being absorbed in. That's it, sweet. Have a drink. And now that you're looking where you see his little hooves touching the ground, you see it almost as if it's like little bits of moss and greenery that had started to, say, with fall moving along, turn brown, starts to almost re-liven up. Look at you, you clever darling! We are never gonna get hungry with you, around, are we? You're always gonna have dandelions for stew. Sort of preens and sort of like wiggles his little piggy butt. Oh, and then sits down and just looks at you, staring at you with its big eyes. And then yawns. I pet him. Oh, as you pet him, he just yawns and then falls over. Thump. 
I've never loved anything this much in my whole life. I uh, give it a little blanket of leaves and grass. Sort of put, build that little blanket around it and snuzzle it in towards you. Yeah. Quarry, I assume that you're the rest of the group is setting up camp as best as they can. Mm-hmm. Did you pull off to the side of the road? Yeah. Or are you probably. just in the middle? No, we probably pulled off to the side of it. Okay. Whatever our pulled standard to... practice has been for the past five days. Can you give me a survival check? I certainly can. That is an 11. Not super high rolls for our quarry tonight. The camp is not defensible, mm-hmm. or as defensible as you would like it, but it will be sufficient. Oh, good. Should probably set some watches. Probably discuss it over dinner. But first, we must wrestle. Uh, of course. Oh, yeah, my money's on Melian. <laughs> Melian, can I have some money to bet on you? Mine's on you, Kawari. I believe that you'll be the successful one. Well, I'll do my best. Uh, Melian will, to make it even, Melian will assume Quarry's shape. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing! I love it! Uh, That's amazing. How does Marsh take that? He narrows his eyes and then goes, I'll be correct either way. (laughs) (laughs) We... Does this mean I can't win? Yes. <laughs> Melian, change back. <laughs> uh, but then I am at a significant height disadvantage. Well, make yourself taller, but be you still, so that I don't lose to Old Man Marsh. Do you want to give him your money? Uh, Melian makes a frowny face, like, make, clearly with a bunch of effort, and then causes red hair to sprout on top of Quarry's ordinarily bald head, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So now he's just got this shock of red hair coming out of the blue flesh. Will that do? Works for me. Old Man Marsh <laughs> spits onto his hand and, and holds it out to Faileth. I guess it will work for me. Melian, how much money do we have for bets? Uh, one. You, you may have one bu- copper piece. Uh, we only have gold. <laughs> one gold piece. See him, like, patting himself. Seeing if he can find where he put his money. I mean, does he have any? Or will we have to wait till we get back to Dwarmer Hollow? So, while you were in Barrowman's on the last night, he did settle up some accounts in Barrowman's with those that buy... uh, that have uh, monthly cider shipments. Oh, okay. Because the... Usually they send a shipment, and then they collect. Mm-hmm. But because they haven't been able to send a shipment, they haven't been able to collect on the most the last one that had been sent along. Which, right. luckily, had not been drunk through, because the entire town had been... Stupefied. Asleep. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So he does have money. Alright. How will this wrestle-off work? Well, so we will do this as the best out of three bouts Mm -hmm. you guys will both roll initiative Mm -hmm. and then how the grappling works is you make a strength athletics check 
contested against eight, the target's strength athletics or dexterity acrobatics. Oh, okay. And let's say that it is the first two, uh, two successes is, so you like, you'll make the grapple Mm -hmm. and then you pin. Right. Got it. Okay. And let's see if either of you pull up any interesting or dirty tricks. (laughs) Uh, Melian rolls a 17 for initiative. I have been rolling so bad tonight. I think that... Oh, I also rolled a 17. (laughs) But my dex is uh, plus zero, so it's definitely... Yeah, whereas I rolled a 14 plus three. Yeah. So, Melian, you get to make the first move. Alright, so Melian does the absolute bog-standard grapple. Uh, you know, locks one hand behind on the back of Corey's neck, um, the other hand inside to grab onto her like forearm, or their forearm, and then um, we'll just try and, like, gauge uh, with an 11 athletics check. So, Kwari, you mm-hmm. will contest this with your strength athletics or your dexterity acrobatics. Oh. You get to choose. I will definitely choose my athletics. And that is a 17. Okay, so as Melian sort of tries, to, as he get, he gets you into it, but he can't get you into, like, he can't control the grapple. You're able to shift the grapple around. It's now your turn. Would you like to try and impose the grapple onto him? I would. I'd kind of like to, I don't know, shift my weight a bit and attempt to grapple him. My description will not be as good as Brian's because I know nothing about grappling. Um, I'm going to make an athletics check. And, oh, that is a nine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I rolled a six. Our new which plus five is an eleven. Wow! So as Corey as Corey shifts the the gravel back, Melian allows himself to be pushed back, and then when they reach a certain point, he just drops onto his <laughs> butt, so that essentially it wrenches her uh, uh, Corey down, and she's taken by they're taken by surprise. Yep. Melian, with Kawari taken by surprise, are you going to try and impose a gravel back on them? Yeah, I want to try and roll. So, so now that I'm on the ground, I'm going to try and sort of roll over so that I can capitalize on the surprise and throw them onto their back on the ground mm. next to me. Uh, with a 14 as my FedEx check. Uh, that is a dirty 20. <laughs> so as Melian moves and, sort of, uh, and tries to throw Quarry's throw you off balance and throw you back you do stumble a bit but you plant one of your feet your back foot firmly and you're able to keep yourself standing what are you going to now do as you go into impose the grapple upon him all right Melian's on the ground so i think i'm going to bend over and attempt to use gravity and my weight to pin Melian to the ground and that is another dirty 20 Oh, it's very poorly. Uh, because I got a seven. Ooh. Oof. So Kawari has successfully imposed the scrapple. They have got you in this lock, Melian. 
So, to escape it, you can do a strength athletics check or a dexterity acrobatics check. Yes, I'm picturing Kawari sort of bent over, pushing on mm-hmm. Melian's shoulders to pin him to the ground. Mm-hmm. So Melian is going to grab uh, Kawari's wrists and then pull his legs up to wrap around uh, her like shoulder, their shoulders, mm-hmm. to sort of try and shift the the the, the grapple um, to the side so that Kawari will no longer be able to benefit from the gravity. Mm-hmm. And that is a twenty-three. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> nice. Now that Melian has brought his legs up to sort of wrap around you and is stopping you from being... Sorry, that 23 should be contested, correct? So Corey should get a chance to Try to not... Yes. I mean, let's be real. I'm not going to roll higher than a 23, but it's a I mean, you should have a higher bonus than I do. I mean, I I guess as a paladin, you may not have... Is athletics not a class skill for you? No. Ah. So I'm adding my proficiency bonus in addition to my... Strength mm-hmm. I don't get to do, but that is a 17. Melian, you break the grapple. Excellent. But then it's not my turn anymore. Yes, it is now Quarry's turn again. Quarry, as the firelight dances. I grappled Melian. Melian just escaped my grapple. No, no, so uh but escaping a grapple is an action. Oh, okay. You did you you grappled him. And succeeded because you got the tw- the dirty twenty, and right. then he got the thing that was lower. Right, right, right. So. And then on the next round, I get he, tried, it. he escaped. Yeah. Got it. All right. Goodness gracious me. All right. Uh, Quarry feeling like the last thing they did was very successful is going to try to like reassert that position, probably not successfully. Uh, that's another dirty twenty. Well, I got a 12. I rolled, like, three <laughs> 16s. Whereas I have only rolled above a 10 once, and it was an 18. Nice. Uh, with that, Quarry, you impose a grapple upon Melian again using your weight and gravity. So for cinematics, what I picture is Melian has wrapped his legs around Quarry's shoulders and wrenches them to the side so that they roll into the dirt. But Quarry just throws their weight into that turn. So instead of Melian ending up on top, they continue to roll, and Quarry just ends up back <laughs> in the same position they were in in the first place, still pressing <laughs> Melian's shoulders to the ground. I, I like that. That's a good cinematic description. Uh, Melian will release Quarry's wrists and then bring his hands in between her their wrists and then try and um, use like a cross crossed arms move to break the, the grip and then uh, wriggle out. That's his plan. Uh, that's a 15. I rolled an actual 10 instead of below it. <laughs> Quarry. Contest. Right. That is an 18. Mm-hmm. I guess lose. You maintain the grapple. Are we still doing two out of three? Oh gosh, I, I, I that depends I on wanna, your characters. <laughs> I want to leave it up to Brian. Uh, I think if you win, Melian's gonna concede, uh, especially if you win. Quarry's gonna think heavy thoughts and try to keep <laughs> Melian pinned in this position. Heavy like a mountain. Yes, exactly. I am a Goliath. Think like a mountain. 
In as 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 Quarry, as you're muttering that under your breath, in the background, Faileth, you can see as you're you're cheering Melian and Quarry on, really as you're only cheering Melian on, you see Trent sort of off to the side, just going through some herbs, and Old Man Marsh is sitting back and cheering Quarry on, and you can see Quarry's octopus, Carlin, who has weirdly somehow gotten wooden signs and is <laughs> holding them up. With numbers on them, as if nice. scoring this. Um, oh. cool. That is only a fifteen. Ooh. Ooh. A seventeen. Oh, oh, to avoid the pin. All night. Uh, Melian. So as soon as go, you go to Melian, establish, go. as soon as you go to establish the pin, Melian cheats and turns into Phelan, so that he's <laughs> much short, much smaller, and can wriggle his lower body out from where. Quarry's got it pinned, and then he returns to being Quarry with a shock of Yay, red hair I'm again. I'm helping Melian win! <laughs> I love it. Uh, but now he's got some leverage, because his his lower body is, like, perpendicular instead of pinned underneath. Um, and so his attempt to break the pin is an 18. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Awesome. Okay. And now, with this, are you going to berate, try and... So this is break, no. This is me trying to escape the grapple. Escape the grapple, yeah. To, to, or take control of the grapple, I guess. Yeah. Because theoretically, we're never going to escape the grapple. That would be ending the fight. Whose turn is it now? So uh, my turn was, I'm trying to take control of the grapple with an 18. So then you're contesting that wrestle of my... So essentially, mm. think of it like a one of us has advantage and the other one doesn't. So right now you have the advantage and you can finish if you get a, if you were to succeed on your attack. But it's my turn and I have to try and wrest advantage back from you. So mm -hmm. I have rolled an 18. If you can roll above an 18, then you will maintain advantage and go for a pin in the next round. Ooh, that is a, a 19. Ah, oh, good lord. <laughs> <sighs> Corey quickly readjusts their legs to... <laughs> grapple you back. If he stayed as Faileth, it would have been harder. Because mm -hmm. then Quarry would have to bunch up like an accordion to try to <laughs> get your arms and legs at the same time. Alright, in which case you should now go for the pin. Okay. Alright. Okay. Blowing on the dice for luck. Oh, you are I. Ooh, ooh, guys! It's a 23. Oh boy. I have very low chances. E lion M E. That's a 19. To, so the pin is... You, you manage the pin. No! There is a defiant, like, whistling chirp that comes <laughs> from Carlin. And, and, you, and you see him, like, raise up a tentacle and slap it down three times. <laughs> um, Corey will help Melian up, or off her yeah. hand, if he, yeah. if he wants it. Oh yeah, Melian will resume his his usual shape. Uh, that was well fought, Paladin. Agreed. You've, you are a worthy opponent, Melian. I appreciate the uh, the entertainment and the exercise after all of that sitting. Melian. Melian. Yeah. Yes, Vale. I need to borrow some money. Indeed, and <laughs> Melian flicks her at gold. Old Man Marsh turns to you, Faileth. I give him the gold, but I look real pissy about it. 
He smiles and cackles like a senile old man, who he sometimes seems like and other times doesn't, and hmm. pops it into his uh, pops it into his uh, pouch. And then later that night, he gives you back the gold melon. Ah, <laughs> uh, I appreciate the thought, but we did lose it, fair and square. For the next time. Uh, yeah, Melian will only object once, so he takes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he basically says, for the next time, and curls your fingers back over it. And then he goes and he finds where he is laying out his bedroll and curls in to sleep. Are you guys going to set any watches throughout the night? Absolutely. Yep, yep. Are you guys setting the watches just between the three of you, or are you including Trent and Marsh? I don't, uh, I don't trust, trust either Trent or March. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't trust March, <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't trust them. Yeah, probably just us, I guess. So you'll break them up into four-hour segments, then, I guess? Uh, Mel Melian will take first watch. Would you mind if to I took the dawn watch? No, in fact, I would have... I would have argued that the middle of the night should be when Phelan keeps watch. All right. Oh, good. That's when all the good stuff happens. <laughs> Now, remember, Faileth, you can't go off and leave your small garden friend. He'll need looking after. Of course not. Uli would come with me. Oh, Quarry looks like... God, I thought I had you there. Darn it. Don't worry. I'll only go off if something interesting happens. Mm, would, you, would you wake us up first so that we know where you've gone? Yeah, sure. You can come with me. Good. Unless, of course, it's something that I can't wake you up before. Mm, what what kind of thing would that be? I don't know. I wouldn't know until I did it, would I? <sighs> uh, Melian gives uh, Quarry a sympathetic look and says, <laughs> you, you are best to leave it there, Paladin. I think you're right, Melian. Thank you. All right. Quarry would uh, settle in for a good sleep. Please roll me a d20, Brian. Mm-hmm. That is an 11. Okay. Can you roll me a d6? A 2. Interesting. And what's your passive perception? 10. Excellent. Okay. Noted. It is... Your your watch passes uneventfully. You wake Faileth. You see that the little pig is just burrowed next to her. Uh, and the... As you go to Wake Faileth, you see that the moss around the pig has sort of gone, become very green, and there's some, looks almost like there's some tiny little flowers growing in it, even though it's nighttime. But otherwise, your watch passes completely uneventfully. So, you awaken Faileth, and you turn in to go to sleep. Alright. Please roll me a d20. Seven. Okay. Roll me a d6. Six. And what is your passive perception again? That's a good question. Let's check. Remember how to calculate that? It's not in my app. Just your, whatever your wisdom, regular wisdom bonus is plus ten. Uh, nine. Are you, uh, proficient in perception? Yes. Okay. So my passive perception is eleven. 
Your watch passes uneventfully. You are too enamored with your little tiny pig to notice really anything going on, if anything was going on. That's probably for the best for everyone. Yeah, that. to be honest, that that's very true. You already ran off on one adventure today so far. Yeah. Kwari, you were awakened before dawn. Mm-hmm. It is your watch now. Alright. Please roll me a d20. Cory would be quietly chatting with Carlin. Oh, that's a nat 20. Please roll me a perception check with advantage. I don't have to roll the d6? No. Hmm. That... What's my perception? It's not so great. But that's a dirty 20. As you are going around the edge of your camp, uh, doing your normal route, you think that you notice some tracks. Hmm. Boot prints. Hmm. It looks like someone has walked around the edge of your camp, sizing you up. Oh dear. Don't know if it's one person. Or multiple. Hmm. But, still probably about... Dawn is approaching swiftly hasn't come yet. It's still pretty dark. Is Don the guy that was walking around the outside of the camp? Sorry, I couldn't help it. <gasps> um, it is now! Don <laughs> <laughs> um, is approaching quickly. Quarry is going to go over to Melian and uh, gently shake him awake. <laughs> There's been somebody around the camp We... Are they trying to kill us? Not actively. <laughs> Alright, give me five more minutes. <clears throat> Melian likes to sleep. Cory takes their halberd out and stands waiting for Melian to wake back up. <laughs> After they figure it's about five minutes, they'll, I don't know, listen for any sounds of anybody approaching, but they won't wake Melian back up again. Okay. So I assume you're staying on alert. Mm -hmm. Dawn is approaching. The first rays of dawn are just breaking. It's time for the lumen. <sighs> Cripes. All right, I wake up, Trent. He blearily wakes up. It's like, well, just why? Why? It's not time to go yet. Oh, oh I need you. Uh, Come on. Why? His hair is all weird off to one side, and he is so bleary-eyed. He's like the bleary-eyed teenager who's probably growing still, and... Ugh, oh, never mind. Go back to bed. He doesn't even make it back to bed. He just, like, leans over on the log that he'd moved over to and just falls back asleep. <sighs> we are not good adventurers. Corey goes and wakes up Melian again. Oh, is it the is it the guy again? Uh, would you do me an enormous favor and just watch while I recite the Lumen? Uh, and I Quarry... can do it, Corey, while Melian sleeps. That's fine. Phil, how long have you been awake? Longer than you. I wake up at two a.m. pretty often. <sighs> All right, Corey will point out the tracks to Faith and say. If anybody approaches, just sound the alarm and we'll all rise. Hopefully. 
Yeah. Thank you. I'm an elf too, so, you know, sleep's not so important. Um, Quarry will go recite the lumen. Okay. Uh, Faileth, can you please mm-hmm. roll me a d20? Sure. I got another seven. Okay. So it is approximately the middle of the lumen. When you hear the snap of a twig in the distance. And then you hear someone say, Quiet. Quarry. Yes. There's guys out. Alright, help me wake everyone quietly. Malian! Quarry will go wake Marsh and Trent. I do our secret trouble poke. Yeah, Melian immediately, languidly, reaches out, puts his hand on the mistweight's javelin, and pretends to still be asleep. Sorry, I'm actually yawning because we talked about yawning. <laughs> um, uh, but pretends to still be asleep, but he's now like slowly drawn the mistway javelin over so he can huck it at the first guy he sees and then teleport to them. That'd be a, a, I can just imagine the sight. You huck it and suddenly you appear... I've never imagined what happens if you're still in a bedroll and you throw it. I, I don't, assume the bedroll bedroll doesn't, doesn't come with me. It, yeah. it doesn't come with you. <laughs> as funny as that would be. <laughs> Just standing there in the sleeping bag like, topples um, over. Gwari, are you going to stop reciting the Lumen? Yeah, because I gotta go wake up Marsh and Trent. But man, if these, I'm gonna be so mad. Whoever this is, they're toast. Okay. So as you guys start to slowly prepare yourself, it's quiet. And then there is a sudden cacophony of sound as men in mismatched leather armor seem to come charging into your camp. Some have hatchets, others have swords, and a couple arrows begin to fall scattering across your camp. And you see Marsh and Trent quickly withdraw and are hiding under the cart. Oh, good. Oh, hell no. That's rude! You knock that off right now and come talk to us like civilized human beings! (laughs) Please roll initiative. 21. Sick my mother on these ass. 12. 7. Apparently, that is the number that I have today. Well, uh, apparently your preparation was quite good, uh, because uh, they all go after Faileth. (laughs) As a group. Just because I yelled at them? That's nice. She had attacked a little girl. Wait till I get my death tendrils on you, you stupid bastard. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. You see a couple arrows come landing down. You see one of them embed itself in the uh, cart. And a couple men come charging in, uh, carrying hatchets and small swords of some kind. These weapons look a bit familiar. They're not from Quent Mercantile, are they? Quite possibly. Ugh. Um, can I see any of the archers? Give me a perception check. Well, that's a one. I'm gonna take that as a no. 
based off of how the forest is aligned that, and the trajectory of where the arrows are coming from, you can't really see anyone. You can see a bandit that is just broken through the back wall, like, or the, the foliage, and is charging in, and then there are a couple bandits that are a bit further forward. Right. I, uh, I throw the Missway Javelin at the guy who just broke through the canopy, or not the canopy, but the, the forest wall. And I attack recklessly. Uh, sorry, actually, I, I, it turns out I don't have to. I rolled a 22. Nice. And I'm gonna, pres- I'm gonna presume that hits, so I don't need to... Yes, that, that does hit. <laughs> uh, in which case, he will take 5 points piercing damage, and then I will immediately uh, teleport to him, and then attack him again with the mystery javelin. Nice. Uh, does a 15 hit him? Yes, that does. Uh, six more points of piercing damage. Uh, you will gut this poor unfortunate individ bandit, and he goes down. You still have one more attack because you utilized the Missway Javelin's basically free attack with a successful teleport. Um, there is at least one bandit within melee distance of you. Oh, well then I'll just hit that guy. Again with the Missway Javelin. Uh, does an 18 hit? Oh yes. And he will take six points of piercing damage. Excellent. And I will uh, just roar unintelligibly, despite the fact that I am not a, a lion yet. I'm still a barbarian. As you roar, you hear someone say, Give us all your valuables! Kawari, it's your turn. Alright, um, Kawari is, I assume, within uh, range to be able to move up to somebody? Yep. Okay. There is more than one charging towards you. How dare you interrupt me at my prayers! <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh, but I have Carlin. Yes. So Corey comes charging forward with their halberd with an octopus on their head. <laughs> furious! <laughs> Absolutely furious! Uh, I like to think they're just so stunned by the octopus that Carlin doesn't even have to do anything, but. <laughs> um, All the... I'm imagining is like. Carlin isn't necessarily on your head. He's like probably like on the shield and your back, and his tentacles just sort of like shoot up and splay behind you, <laughs> like the rays like of the like... sun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> amazing. Um, that's a twenty-four. Oh, that hits. Okay, good. Um, oh, that's the wrong die. I don't want to roll that one. That's a, that's a six, and I want a ten. Uh, that is going to be. Uh, 13 points of slashing damage. You're attacking with your halberd? Yes, I am. So you, as this man comes running towards you and you break into a jog to meet him, you just bring your halberd down with a slash and a spray of blood goes up. 
Uh, you can continue moving using your movement to reach the next person. I would. He goes down. Would love to do that. And as I move forward to the next one, I will say, "How dare you menace innocent travelers!" Oh, that one fell into the abyss. Sorry. Uh, that is a twenty-four. That will hit as well. Yeah. Uh oh, but that's only five points of slashing damage. Sadly, I rolled a one on my damage. It is what it is. Uh, and with that, Faileth, it is your turn. People have, uh, as this fight has happened, you hear someone go, They have magic! He just, he just vanished! And, oh my god, the giant's so strong! You want to see magic, do you? Little boy. Um, and I'm going to use my cool new spell, Summon Undead. Let's see these assholes fight a ghost. <laughs> Remember that you have a free cast of it. You don't have to use a spell slot. I know. <laughs> and we're going to use it now because I'm annoyed. Uh, so I'm going to summon a ghost. And you will call Veter to your aid. Hey, Veter! Let's show these dillweeds what it means to have real magic. And I point at the one that seemed scared of magic. Okay. Is he going- so he's going to use his deathly touch upon that one? Oh, yes, he is. So you, you reach down and you, you draw forth the shelter of souls. And as you begin to call forth Vader, you see almost like a mist begin to pour from the eye sockets in the mouth. And as that mist pours out, Vader begins to form ghostly, sort of a pale blue, a green, maybe a little bit of a teal that's translucent. He looks much like he did in life, but almost mummified and decayed in places and entirely translucent and then he is going to charge and he will use his deathly ghost touch his deathly touch yeah. six to hit plus six to hit and a natural 19 <laughs> so a 25 yep that will definitely hit. Excellent. I get to do 1d8 plus 6 damage with this guy. That is 13 necrotic damage. Uh, and he needs to make a wisdom saving throw. He doesn't get a chance to make a wisdom saving throw. Because he dead? He's yeah. dead. So get jerk. How I'm imagining is that Veter draws a sword that he wielded in life and he stalks towards the guy and he basically he, as the guy goes to block the sword, his sword, Vader's sword just passes through it and cleaves into him and as it does the guy's ghost, or his soul actually separates from his body and is ripped in half by the blade awesome and, and he's here just... for the next hour and or until I lose concentration. And that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even used a spell slot yet, jerks. 
And with that, he, the, that one topples to the ground, just gone. You see his soul stuff faileth, just sort of like breaks apart and frays and pulls its, and just tries to fit itself back together, but can't. And he just fades. And the body has dropped to its knees and is just sitting there on its knees, vacant. Nice. That is terrifying. Yep. That's what happens when you mess with my friends. There is a distinct cry and terror that runs through, uh, and a few more arrow, a few arrows are going to sail in, though. Uh, but now almost all the arrows are aimed at Faileth. Uh, and Faileth says, "That's right. Everybody, run away and tell the world that the terrifying necromancer is in the forest today." What's your AC again? Oh, very little. Hold on, fourteen. Four arrows embed themselves around you, some going wild, uh, but one of them does come and it clips your leg for five piercing damage. Ow! Jerks. It clips into your leg. Then the one that Kawari had just attacked is going to attack Kawari. And that is a... 21 to hit. Oh, yeah, that I, hits me. I, I rolled an 18, so that, that yeah. <laughs> I mean, it hits Kawari. Uh, for max damage, for uh, 7 damage. Wow, ouch. Yeah, and then the one that is by Melian that he didn't finish off is going to attack. And that is going to be a dirty 20. I've rolled a 17 this time. Uh, five slashing damage as a blade comes down and just nicks you on the arm or almost hits you, but you, the way you dodge sort of draws a bit more energy out of you than it normally than it, it would and you're tiring a bit in the fight maybe. Maybe it was all the wrestling last night. My, e- my uh, endure my ego is wounded. And then there is the sound of hoofbeats. And you hear a female voice call out that says, My champion! Bandits are attacking travelers! Save them! And what the, there's the, what? S- no? <laughs> there is the sound of hooves. And you see, coming down the road, two white horses. And upon one sits a a man or someone that appears to be garbed in full plate armor uh, that has a lance. And behind, a little bit behind them, is what looks like a lady out riding, wearing a cloak. We're fine, thanks! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And with that... It is your turn, Melian. Uh, well, Melian was already afraid of archers, and they clipped Faileth, so um, Melian takes a moment to enrage, uh, causing him to, of course, lift off of the ground. His arms splay out, his body turns into a white shining light for a moment before springing at us. Uh, fur, his face elongates and turns into a, 
a muzzle. His legs, you know, covered in fur. It's, uh, he grows a couple little uh, giant sort of fangs and drops back to the ground and just roars unintelligibly at the guy in front of him and then stabs him with the spear again. The javelin. The 21. Oh, that hits. Uh, and do five points of piercing damage. And that drops him. You, As you stab him, you skewer him straight through and pull back out. Uh, Melian will look around again to see if he can spot the... Um, the... Archers? Archers, yes. Yep, go right ahead. Uh, is that a perception check again? Yeah, go, with, go ahead with a perception check. That is a... No, not nature. Oh boy, that is another one. Oh! Uh, they're really well hidden. They, they must be. <laughs> uh, you, you don't see another one around, but you're only a couple paces away from being able to uh, hit the one that Kuari is engaged with. Uh, yeah, in which case... Melian will just... Oh, and then step back as well. With an 18. That will hit. Uh, for four points of piercing damage. This one is still standing, uh, but he has started to babbling, and he is begging for his life at this point. Aw, oh, damn it. Now Quarry won't kill him. Quarry, yeah. it is your turn. How many Please. people are... Oh, oh no. How many... What? This, this isn't what I was meant to... Alright, well... Soul, forgive me! Oh, God. Damn it. Okay, so how many bandits are left? Uh, all the bandits that were in camp have been arse-blade and dead. Except for that one guy. Except this one guy. But there's still arrows coming in. Right, um... Uh, Quarry will level level their halberd at this quivering guy and say, Call off your friends if you want to live. He he looks like... There's like like there's a th- frog in his throat. Ugh, Quarry sighs exasperatedly. On your knees. He sinks to his knees. Ugh, Quarry will, um... I don't know, hit him on the top of the head to knock him out? No, I don't think Quarry would do that. Quarry's just gonna... uh, But brain damage. Right, exactly. Quarry is... um, Brain damage. No. (laughs) He's on his knees. Quarry is going to then, I think, what I will do is I will ready in action. If another bandit comes within range of me, I will skewer them with my halberd. Otherwise, I'm going to take this guy prisoner. Faileth, it is your and Vitor's turn. What are you going to order him to do? Um, so I can't... There's only that one guy who we can see, right? Yes. Let me just double check what this guy's range of motion is, because he can phase through stuff. He, he he has 40 feet of fly and he can see and do basically anything. You just have to order it. Oh, you can just go anywhere. Alright, Vitor, go find one of those archer assholes and do your deathly touch thing. 
he basically like shimmers a little bit and almost seems to phase out of reality and then he sort of like skips and is suddenly a bit further forward and then skips again and he's gone into the trees and then you guys hear shrieks <laughs> please roll me his attack uh that's a 13 plus that, that three plus a spell slaughter so 13 plus six that's a 19 to hit that will hit please roll damage uh, 1d8 Ah, eight. Fourteen eight. damage. And they need to do wisdom saves. Uh, and he no. needs to do a wisdom save. He, no. he doesn't get to make a wisdom save. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm never going to get to scare these guys. Similarly, this individual out there, there's a guttural, like, shriek that then breaks into, like, a gurgle. And then just, like, a hiss as if air is escaping. <laughs> what Vader did, you're not very sure. But you know that you can yell at him next round to probably go and attack try and find another one. Uh, but you also hear that sounds like they are... You hear someone yell, retreat. Retreat to the hills, men! And yeah, that's as, what I thought. And as that is going on, the knight comes barreling into your camp and his horse sort of rears and whinnies and he pulls up his visor and looks at Melian and mm-hmm. says <laughs> well met sir druid where can <gasps> I find these <laughs> oh you've done it now you oh, oh, rolled... gonna kill you <laughs> he rolled a natural one <laughs> Uh, well met, Sir Druid. Have you routed them? Uh, Melian spins in place to find the Druid behind him. <laughs> like I must be talking to. Melian, he called you a Druid. Uh, Kawari jumps in and says, My friend is not a Druid, and it seems the bandits are on the retreat. So you can leave now. Bye. As you're saying that you can leave now, you see the uh, woman rides in and she jumps off her horse and you see the the man sort of like, he he looks as if suddenly concerned and she closes the distance towards you, Faileth, and puts her hand upon uh, where it clipped you in the leg and where it's bleeding. Uh, The minute she reaches out to me, Faileth like violently flings her body and is like, do not touch me. You're hurt, young one. Please, let me heal you. No. I (laughs) pull the arrow out of my leg uh, and throw the shaft away. Don't touch me. Uh, Corey's tying up the prisoner. Once that's done, they'll turn their attention to the newcomers. They've both dismounted, and as you finish tying up the prisoner, and as Marsh and Trent sort of climb out from under. Well, we appreciate your intended assistance. Who might you be? As you look, you can see that this the knight that appears to be the companion of this woman. He is approximately Melian's half-elven form height. Mm-hmm. His features are mostly obscured by the armor. But the armor looks like it, well, it has seen wear and use that it is 
properly cared for and well-maintained, and there are, in some places, smaller bits of adornment. Slung to the side on, of his horse, there is a rather unadorned shield that has a covering over it. Mm-hmm. And the lady is fair of skin. Her hair comes down about shoulder length, and it is a deep chestnut brown. Her eyes, they are also brown like the color of the earth. And she looks towards her protector and nods. And he steps forward and says, I am Fulgrim Tanather. And this is my lady, Anna Kelther. We had hoped to help you, but you certainly had the situation in hand. Yeah, I'm a terrifying necromancer, so we don't need help. Thank you, you can go now. Faileth, you are not a necromancer, and you should they not say that. such things. Quarry puts a but hand on. I think maybe oh, they'll leave if they think I'm a necromancer. Faileth. See, that's my ghost I've raised him from Faileth. the afterlife Faileth. and stuff. Well, I, but I did. Faileth. You don't that's want to spread such rumors about yourself. But that's that, but that part's true. I did raise that's my pal Vitor. I raised him. <sighs> I did that. It's a true thing. Quarry looks exhausted. <laughs> um, uh, puts a hand on Faleth's shoulder and gives Faleth um, ten hit points. Yeah, I only lost five. So oh, okay, if you I control I give, over that. I give you five then. And then turn turns back to the the people and says, "You'll have to excuse my um, hyperbolic friend." Where are you headed? To Dwemer Hollow. Hmm. Well, what a coincidence! <laughs> Cory looks at Faleth because Cory wasn't about to tell these random strangers where they were going, but. Well, perhaps we'll be seeing more of you then, as that is also our destination. Well, if that is what he may wills, then I am sure it will be. And they get up onto their horses, and they go on their way. Corey loads the stupid bandit into the wagon. Melian gives you a look, and then says, Are we bringing this man with us? We can drop him off in the town. Won't be long. Perhaps they will be able to find out more about the whereabouts of the his friends and save other travelers that would not have been as ready for a fight as we are. Or perhaps he will tell me where his friends are and I will take care of the problem myself. But we must hurry to Dwemer Hollow. Indeed. Unfortunately, we do not have time for these bandits. And says, and you are certain I cannot just kill this one. Uh, it wouldn't sit well with me. Unfortunately oh, well. for us all, he called on Soul. Sasha, did you say Oviter? No, I said it would be easier. Yes. I thought you said Oviter and then I also heard Oviter and I was like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I no, like, I'm not. I, would, I wouldn't kill, kill him directly against what Quarry wants. I would strongly hint at it and be like, my ghost could do it. I just tell him and he'll just do it. It's not e- there's not even any blood, so there's no blood to be on your hands. But uh, I wouldn't if she's if they are uh, dead sent against it. Faileth wouldn't do it. 
Yeah, yeah, this guy is either really smart or, I don't know, but calling on Soul really saved his bacon. Heyo. Ugh, I bet he's faking it because he knew you were doing the lumen. I mean, my devotion to Soul is pretty obvious. Quarry gestures at their holy, their, like, large emblazoned holy symbol. Oh, is that what that's for? Yes. I just thought you had swag. <laughs> Melian says, uh, Paladin, would you wh- would you object to my ensuring that he is never his band that his bandit days are over? God, does believe does Quarry think that people can reform? Let's News not flash. They can't. Let's not trouble ourselves with this person. We've already tied him up. We'll just drop him off at the town. Let's get on our way. Melian gives the bandit a very flat look and says, uh, just says nothing, just shakes his head. And then mounts up. How often does Faileth terrorize him with Vitor sitting there next to Faileth for the next part of the hour. Oh, I've instructed Vitor to just make faces at him the entire time. Vitor looms. It seems like this might be some of the most fun Vitor's had in hundreds of years. Yeah, really give him the willies. Like, Vitor has not had a chance to scare people and is just ecstatic. (laughs) I've got, uh, I've got uh, Uli in my lap as well, and the pig and I are both joining Vitor in giving truly dirty looks to this bandit. Ah, can you... Uh, let, let me roll something. Ah, so about half... Just as you guys are arriving at the edge of Thistledown, <laughs> as as you are making your way through the gate... Uh, His heart gives out. Uli, that that was the name of the uh, fern pig, fern bar. Uli, yeah, it means uh, it means baby in Sylvan. Oh, so he Uli uh, gives a sort of like a snuffling snort, and then toots, and a small little, and this is as he's like turned and he's nuzzling against Faelith, so his butt is facing towards the bandit and there's a tiny little cloud of yellowish pollen that spurts out and the bandit collapses unconscious. And that is where we'll end our session. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. 
Full credits are in the episode description. Damn it, I've been muted this whole time. Oh no, Roy! No! <laughs> Again? I was like, why is no one paying attention to me? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I... I, I thought that like I, I thought I heard a like a door close in the background, so I thought maybe I was hearing that in uh, Sasha's feed, and you'd like run to the washroom because you were so quiet. No, I sneezed again, and then oh. uh, failed to unmute. I guess. Sorry. That's okay. I just spent a bunch of time being like, Fela, Fela, no, Fela, no. <laughs> Fine. I thought it was. I super... am surprised that you did not have any objections to Faith getting drunk with Old Man Marsh. I was like, "Wow, they're just completely ignoring me." Okay, cool. Anyway, sorry. I mean, to be fair to you, Faith would just ignore you if you told her she couldn't do something. I don't know if she completely ignored me. No, she would just whine about it. That was not a very good roll, but also. That's Rose's character sheet and not Quarry's that is sitting beside Oh, yeah, that would... I have thought was Quarry. Okay, hold on. I'm really sorry. I'll be right back one second. Rose is probably better at perception. <laughs> yeah, I think Rose is really good at perception in comparison. Yep. I, um... Just while we're not consulting on what Allie's got, I, uh, I rolled a, a modified 19, which is a natural 20, but I have a minus one in investigation. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> okay. A trap and out Venus fly traps? Yes. Yeah. That's terrifying. I don't like and it. No. Uh, yeah, no. That that's definitely not what the pig looks like at all. Oh my gosh, no. that one's so don't cute. Don't like it. The one the one smelling of flowers. The little fairy piglet? Yes, that one's adorable. <laughs> this is the horrifying one that Ooh. I'm not fond of. Nope. That's Corey not my sweet would not baby. let that on the wagon. Nope. What? I may or may not have just been uh, scrolling down, and radioactive wild boar-pig hybrid emerges in nuclear wasteland of Fukushima. Mm. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm getting a lot of weird yeah. tomatoes in this particular Google search. I should go to Pinterest. There's probably more there. Anyway. We are recording and ready to resume at your convenience. Thank you. Did I disconnect? Nope. Nope, you're here. Nope. Maybe Sasha did? She's awfully quiet. Did Sasha mute herself? She's still part of the clean feed. I can't hear her talking, but I have the noise. Can you hear me now? Yes. I don't know why I disappeared for a moment there, but I guess it did. Uh, So the last Uh, thing... I said I... uh... Okay. I heard you guys. You guys just apparently did not hear me. Give me one moment while I re-open this thing that I accidentally closed on the break like a dunce Mm. which document is this which document is this 
The suspense is great, because I don't know whether this is somebody that's coming to help us or the bandits. I think at this point in editing the episode, you should just put some of that annoying intermission music in there, like we'll wait to find out what happens. Dun 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 dun. 